What is up, team? Welcome back to the Red Storm Rap Reaction Podcast. I'm Pat Kane, joined once again by my good friend Cole Atshaw. And St. John just closed out, closed out 2023 with their last out-of-conference game with a nice victory over Hofstra, 84-79. to I say nice. Maybe I should take that back. I'm sure some fans aren't too pleased with our performance, but I worry more about wins than I do about how we get them. Cole, what are your thoughts today? Yeah, I think what you've been saying was most importantly get out of out of conference without any bad losses, right? So yeah, did today look a little sketchy and ugly at times? Sure. Uh, did we want to see them cover the 10-point spread? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, it was the last of their quote-unquote buy games, the best of all their teams of sort of like lower tier um, by far. And at the end of the day, we walked away with a win. So can't complain. As long as that Michigan game holds up and doesn't end up as a Q3 to walk out of out of conference slate with with no bad losses, then I think that's a good thing. Is that is that a possibility? Is it creeping up towards that? that I think second? right. I think right now it's like sixty nine, and I think seventy five would be a Q three. Okay, all right. Fingers crossed. There go Wolverines. I guess. Um, yeah. Give credit to Hofstra. They were a a scrappy a scrappy bunch who hit some some nice shots. Had some good shot makers. Uh, played a nice, interesting style. I thought it was a fun game to watch. Knowing now that we won it, obviously, if we weren't able to hold on. I'd have a different thought there, but uh, credit to them. Uh, had some shot makers, had some athletes. Yes, St. John's could have done a better job defending them. Uh, our press today didn't seem to create the turnovers that you'd like to see. And when a team can handle that pressure and, and not quite turn it over and able to get the spots on the floor and and um, turn your pressure against you like Hofstra was today, we saw how they could uh, get some threes and, and, and stay in a game, uh, a game we really – although seemingly had control the whole time, never were quite able to put away and get comfortable. Um, but a good test, a good lesson to learn in a win. You know, you can't you can't sleep on teams. Got to stay focused through the fo- first whole 40 minutes, and St. John's didn't quite do that tonight. But they're down a starter, and, uh, you know, it was good to see Lewis in, in Ledlam's absence help on the boards and be aggressive. Was a little bit erratic at times, but overall I thought he was a, a good positive today and certainly a fun player to watch. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I think he struggled a little bit from the field, shooting two for ten, but salvaged that, shooting seven for eight from the line. Finished with twelve points, like you said, ten rebounds. So without Chris Ledlam, he really filled the hole attacking the glass. And I really like his explosiveness. Obviously, this is starting to be our first time to really see him in extended minutes outside of the UConn game and the Holy Cross game earlier. But uh, his ability to get off the ground and get up and, and attack rebounds is awesome. Obviously he almost put Dobar on a poster on that dunk attempt that he just yes. barely missed. But yeah, I, I really like his explosiveness and obviously tip of the cap to Dennis Jenkins, who I thought played a really tremendous game. I know we've been critical of him at times uh, that he's you know, had too high of a turnover, mar- assisted turnover margin earlier in the season. Um, he's really cut down on his turnovers over the last four games. Uh Really seemed to focus more on shot selection today. Didn't really take stuff too much that was out of rhythm of the offense. Finished shooting eight for 16, um, eight assists, nine rebounds. I, I thought he had yeah. a great game all around today. Yeah, Lewis is bouncy. You got that You got that right. He reminds you of just like uh, just seemingly growing right into his natural, you know, fully grown body and realizing how athletic he is. And he just he's all over the court, covers so much ground for – a guy his size and uh, a real difference maker for our energy and our athleticism and uh, our, our full court defense. Um, Luke, uh, I'm sorry, Dennis did have a, a nice overall game today, really helped out on the boards, got to the rim better today than he has than most games so far. 
a few of the shots that he took from deep were late shot clock situations where he kind of had to put one up. Um, I thought he did have a, a much more uh, concerted effort in terms of getting good looks, although there were still a few occasions where I thought he, he missed some guys, but eight assists, no turnovers. Can't really ask for more than that from your point guard. So he seems like he's heading in the right direction in terms of taking care of the basketball and getting guys going. Um, Naheem had a nice, efficient game off the bench scoring. Dingle did some good things in the first half. He had a hot stretch. In the second half, he had some free throws. Tonight overall, we really saw St. John's get to the line more than they have in any other game. And if you're a, if you're a Hofstra fan, you might have some thoughts about how the game was officiated. St. John's obviously the bigger, more physical team, and they got to the line, uh, I think, 20 more times than Hofstra did tonight. So we'll take it. We'll walk away with that win. Uh, we have had games where we've been on the other end of that this year, been at a deficit in terms of getting to the free throw line. So good to see uh, that improve today. Any, and, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, I, I think today's probably the first game all season that we can't say Joel Soriano was our MVP, so we can't criticize him too much. He still finished with 14 points, only four rebounds. But I, a tip of the cap to Speedy Claxton, I like what he did on that Hofstra run towards the end of the game where they really went small almost for the majority of the second half. They were where they were going small, but during that run right towards the end, maybe the last five minutes, they really seemed to attack Joel Soriano. Obviously, Rick Pitino's defense involves a lot of switching when we are on man. It seemed like they tried to set ball screens, get him onto a guard and have that guard attacking the rim and Joel like he's tremendous we can't criticize him at all he's had an unbelievable season but in that specific scenario that Speedy was trying to isolate him he really he was struggling to be able to to stay in front of the quicker guards and then they were able to finish at the rim or or get to the line so it was a great strategy and then obviously like right in the last few positions Rick had to go take him out of the game for defensive offensive substitution and then uh almost got caught with our pants down where we couldn't get him back in the game with only having one timeout, but that out of bounds play with about eight seconds left. And then they were able to run a two man action with Dennis to get Dennis back to the free throw line to sort of ice away the game. But I, I thought that was great strategy. And then, and, and sort of made Joel uh, seem to struggle a little bit with smaller, quicker guards. Absolutely. It worked for them on the offensive end and to their credit, Defensively, they made it really hard to get passes clean into Danis or clean into Soriano, uh, fronting him, hounding on the perimeter, giving uh, no really entry lanes for those entry passes. And where we did beat them up was because of that. We were able to get some offensive rebounds and, and kind of, uh, you know, they're har- harassing D, led to a lot of free throws, a lot of fouls. But they did a really good job. It's it's not as easy as, you know, us fans want to make it seem to be to get Joel good post looks. Teams are obviously focused on not letting that happen and uh we don't have four other knockdown shooters on the perimeter around them to uh you know force those defenders to to suck away from the the paint you know and get those good looks but for the most part st john's has done a good job of you know pounding teams inside either getting it to soriano led them or crashing the offensive glass and getting those second chance opportunities tonight they killed hofster in terms of extra uh, extra points in the paint and uh, points off rebounds um look at the box score Few guys stand out. Dennis, as we said, had a great uh, box stat tonight. Twenty-one points. I think that's as high on the season. I'm not sure if that's 100 percent accurate, but it's it's up there. If it's not, uh, nine rebounds, eight assists, zero turnovers. Was over three from three, but eight for sixteen overall. Got to the to the rim uh, a few times in the second half to kind of keep Hofstra at bay there. Um, Dingle, fifteen points, four for thirteen from the field, three for ten from three, four for four from the line. Been more active on the boards lately. You can constantly see Patino get on him for working harder for loose balls and, and rebound situations. We had five tonight. 
two assists, also had a few other really good passes that didn't, didn't lead to assists. The alley-oop to Soriano, first or second play of the game, was a beautiful pass. Soriano just missed the dunk that was happening. Um, Lewis, like we said, 12 points, 10 rebounds, three assists. Had a really good look, I thought, in the first half of a mid-post. Um, backed his man down a couple dribbles, then found Dingle for an open three. I'd like to see a lot more of that. You know, I love, you know, those those forwards who can create, and I think that's a great spot for Lewis. Um, Taylor, pretty pretty quiet game offensively, scored a first basket of the game. Only had two free throws late other than that, but solid defensively. Doesn't hurt you. Only 18 minutes for him tonight and a lean 10 points. Other than that, uh, just sporadic um, spot duty from the other guys. Sean Conway did have a, a big four-point play at one point in the second half that, that pushed our lead to 11 points. I love how we said RJ coming back in after the shin splint injury was going to have limited minutes, and then he proceeded to play 18 against UConn in 29 tonight. So if somebody get him some ice and make sure the kid's feeling okay. Because yeah, of course. He was not on a minutes restriction. <laughs> right, 35 minutes might be on the way soon if that's the, if that's the minutes yeah, restriction. Just a matter of time. Uh, I was kind of surprised with Ledlam being out that Zuby and Drissa didn't really have uh, too much time spent on the court, only uh, 10 for Zuby and five for Drissa. Um, but again, I thought RJ played a really good game, even despite what his uh, field goal percentage numbers would show. Like I thought he played tremendously. So um, all in all, like, again, like we said, just have to be happy to get, to get out of, to get out of a very quiet UBS arena with a W. Oh, yeah. it, seemed, and it seemed like the attendance looked pretty good relatively on the uh, on television from what they showed, but super sounded super quiet. So yeah, the, the few times it got loud, it seemed like when Hofstra was making a move, yeah. you could hear the Hofstra fans get going. So I, I don't know what the you know the split was there, and I'm sure uh, Rick Pitino would prefer we had more more of a home court advantage. I know we get that at Carnegie Arena, but it's just you know it's not the atmosphere that he's looking for at a big time college basketball. So he's looking for different ways to do that. We'll see next year with more of a garden games, if there's any other Barclays or UBS games as well. Um, Is he going to get testy time. like he did with the Barclays Center? <laughs> yeah, he did get pretty testy there, yeah. Uh, let's look at some team comparison stats. Um, pretty even in a few things. If you look at um, points in the paint, about even. Um, free throws, that's where the big discrepancy was in our favor. We were – 25 for 31 Hofstra was only three for seven so we took 20 24 more free throws than Hofstra did uh, made 22 more free throws than Hofstra did we also had a 23 to 6 second chance point advantage so between second chance points and free throws we dominated them where they had the advantages from the three-point line uh, they had 12 for 28 for 43 percent we were seven for 21 33 percent not an awful night for us shooting wise but 12 made threes at 43% is uh, pretty porous and can lead to teams hanging in like we saw Hofstra do tonight. Um, 43% from the field, not great. 48% from the field for Hofstra, also not great on our end, giving up that much. Uh, 15 assists, pretty good. Overall, um, St. John's got the better Hofstra. If they were the better team, they got the win. But, you know, some some things to shore up heading into our second or third game on the Big East schedule against Butler Tuesday night. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, too, uh, obviously we know what a tremendous offensive rebounding team we are and to see us get 15 boards, even without Ledlam on the offensive glass, like is solid. Um, I think Rick would still gripe, even though we did obviously out rebound them by a significant margin on the offensive glass. Rick would probably still complain about the seven that we did give up. I thought, uh, I think Silas Sunday had 
three on his own early in the beginning of the game. Sort of again, we mentioned Speedy kind of went small in the second half, mm-hmm. but I thought Sunday gave us some gave them some strong minutes early in the game um, and, and a lot of offensive rebounds early in, in his early minutes. So I, I am curious to see, or I'd be curious to to know what coach thinks as far as why we continue to struggle defensive rebounding. Um, obviously today might not be the best example of that without Ledlam, who's one of our better rebounders, but to see, especially after the UConn game where Samson Johnson really thrived, even without Donovan Klingon, um, it's curious to see other team centers continue to, to do such a good job on the offensive glass. But. And there was that one play in the second half. We played really good defense forced the end of the second end of the shot clock. Heave ended up being an offensive rebound and an and one for them on that, um, that, particular sequence and coach you know was none too pleased you know you play good defense like that for 30 seconds and you let them scramble their way into three points it's uh it's a back-breaking play i think that was, um, but, I think that was jordan dingle he immediately jumped in it was point. and yeah. dingle was the man down there although he was kind of up against it there was two guys uh crashing and uh he wasn't able to come up with it yeah, um we do have posh's posh's return on tuesday back to Karnasek Arena. I wonder what the reception should be, will be. I think it should be positive for him. Yeah. Um, but others might feel differently. During the game, before the ball goes up in the air, then he gets booed unmercifully as soon as the game <laughs> Probably will play out like I wonder if, you know, I was surprised we didn't see any of that matchup zone tonight uh, that we saw against UConn, especially with their ability to get Soriano on the perimeter and take advantage. Mm-hmm. I wonder if we'll see some of that against Posh and Butler. Um, if Ledlam's out too, it could be interesting to see how we we match up there. Um, I haven't. I did see Fuller tweeted earlier before the game that it sounds like Ledlam would be available for Butler. Obviously, okay. it's early, but I guess he was not in a walking boot. It was only sort of a, a a light little brace on his ankle, and I guess he was putting up jump shots before the game. So, according to Zach, sounds like he might be good to go for Butler. Fingers crossed. Okay. All right. Well, anything else you want to add here, Cole? No, man. Again, like I said earlier, just as you had been saying from the very first game, like just escape out of conference play without any bad losses. And they accomplished that as, as, you know, we said, if the Michigan game can hold up that bad home court loss at MSG, the Utah win looks like that's really going to stay as a really, really solid, positive Q1 win. Um, Now it's just time to start taking care of business in the Big East. Yeah. Start putting our stamp on this season in the Big East play. Working our way up to the top half of the standings. See if we can surprise some teams getting that top three, maybe. Uh, put a scare in some teams come March because uh, that guy on the sidelines we got is is known to pull a rabbit out of a hat, a hat uh, once or twice. So uh, let's see if we can continue to improve, continue to get more you know continuity on the offensive end, more structure on the defensive end, and make progress Tuesday night against Butler. Uh, Happy New Year to everyone, everyone that follows, everyone that likes, that subscribes. Me and Cole are very appreciative of all the support we get, all the commentary we get, uh, all the uh, interactions on Twitter or on YouTube. It's great, so please continue to do that. Uh, For Rob Thomas, this has been Pat Kane. That's Cole Latshaw, the Red Storm Rapid Action Podcast. Peace.